He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. And I'm one of those Worse than Stormy Daniels. <laughs> so, uh, hi, folks. Welcome from welcome in from the rain. Try to stay dry, and we're going to talk a lot about politics today. And we're going to talk about a new force that is burst upon New York State and upon the nation. And if you underestimate this force, you do so at your own peril. This force is named. A-O-C. You say you want a revolution. Well, you know. We all want to change the world. If you think AOC is bottled up in her district in the, in the Bronx and Queens, you got something coming. I believe that AOC is going to run against Chuck Schumer for U.S. Senate, and I think she's going to beat him. And I think she's going to be a Democratic candidate against Biden and maybe against Harris in 2024 for President of the United States of America. I think she's going to win, so don't, <laughs> don't jump out of the windows yet. But I do think that she's going to destroy the Democratic Party by dividing it, by challenging Biden in the primary, right after she defeats the Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer. I think that the message of getting rid of Cuomo and uh, putting this placeholder, Hochul, don't worry about her. In fact, don't even bother to learn her name. It'll be the answer to a trivia contest in a couple of years. Um, what you got to do now is to understand that she has no capacity to win and that uh, Letitia James, Tish James is her intimates and enemies call her on in capital of Albany, Tish James is the ultimate radical leftist. She's not even a Democrat. She's from the Working Families Party, which is a fringe left-wing party basically uh, left over from the old Socialist Party, Communist Party, and uh, somehow made it on the ballot and got to become uh, Attorney General, basically by an act of ticket balancing. They needed to put a black on the ticket, and they put her on. They needed somebody from New York City. But Letitia James is going to be the next governor, and she's going to institute a reign of left-wing domination in New York State. The power of the governorship in New York is unbelievable over patronage, over appointments, over resources. Let me just read you the names of the past governors of New York State, and you'll get the point. Al Smith, who became the first Catholic to run for president as the Democratic nominee in 1928. Franklin D. Roosevelt, who became the fourth-term president of the United States. 
Thomas E. Dewey, who became the Republican candidate in 44 and 48 for president. Abril Harriman, the son of the Harriman dynasty, who became Kennedy's top diplomatic go-to guy during his administration. Nelson Rockefeller, uh, who ran for president twice and was incredibly powerful. And uh, Mario Cuomo, who became basically the philosopher statesman in charge of the Democratic Party. All these guys developed their power as governor of New York State. And now Letitia James is going to follow in that path. And I think going to be tremendously powerful. And all of that power will be used to help AOC in what I think will be her primary against Joe, against, um, Chuck Schumer. Schumer can't be, AOC is going to beat Schumer like a drum because Schumer has no base left. Um, the Latino community obviously is going to back uh, is going to back AOC, one of theirs, over Schumer. The black community will follow in sync, um, both because of the solidarity with the Latinos and because of the shared ideology. And the Jewish vote is not going to be there for Schumer. They're not there for the Democrats, period. A third of the Jewish vote has become Republican. And the vote that's left in the Democratic Party of Jews is really not Jewish. It's, uh, I mean, many of them are, but the over, but the polling shows that most New York State Democrats describe themselves as atheist or agnostic. Uh, and if you take out those that also describe themselves as Republican, you're dealing with a majority of the people. So a majority of the Jewish voters in New York State who are Republican, who are Democrats, sorry, who are Democrats, are also atheists or agnostic. And they're not going to vote for Schumer. Uh, they don't much like Israel, and they don't support the pro-Israel policies. So Schumer is without a base, and AOC is going to see that. She's going to sense blood, and she's going to really go after him. And uh, I think that she's going to win. Now, why would she run? to set up a presidential race. She has to show that she can win outside of that little congressional district in New York State, New York City. And she has to show that she can take down a major establishment figure in the Democratic Party. And Schumer is tailor-made for that mission. If she can beat Schumer, people are going to say she can beat Biden. And you know how she runs against Biden? She resurrects Donald Trump. And she says Trump is going to be the Republican candidate and Biden is too weak and too gone mentally to be able to stand up to Donald Trump. He'll have to debate him this time and there's no way he's going to be able to stand up to him. I can stand up to him. I can beat Donald Trump in a debate. I can stand up to Trump and give as good as he's got, give him every back that he gives us. And to stop Trump from becoming the president, you have to make me the Democratic Party nominee, AOC. And it's not that I'm splitting the party. I'm not. I'm just trying to take a guy that can't win and replace him with somebody who can. Now, this becomes more complicated if Harris is the candidate, because then it's black radical against black radical or Latino radical. Uh, so this prediction is really only valid if Biden makes it to the end of his term. And in fact, the looming presence of AOC might motivate the Democrats to get rid of Biden and put in AOC. As we look at what's coming up down the road, 
We got to understand that Biden is under identical pressures from the inside and from the outside. From the outside in, the Republicans are saying he should be ousted, he should be impeached, he's not strong enough to be president, he's not competent to fulfill the job. And from the inside, the Democrats are saying we need to invoke the 25th Amendment. This guy is too weak and too senile to be able to function. And um, that is an incredible combination that's going to bring to bear on Mr. Biden. So if you want to comment on what I've been saying or the bombs I've been throwing, give me a call at 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. I think that AOC is coming, and I think that that's going to completely upset the Democratic Party apple cart. You know, she's planning her insurgency, by running primaries throughout the country against Democrats uh, in favor of radical left-wing revolutionaries. And one after another, they're falling. In New York City, she brought down Joe Delaney, and she brought down Elliot Engel, and two congressmen. And they're going to bring down more and more all over the country. And this is a left-wing revolution, a left-wing hostile takeover of the Democratic Party. And don't think the left wing didn't plan this. Don't think they didn't realize that this was going to be where they were going to end up. They didn't plan on the plan on the Floyd shooting, but they took advantage of it once it happened. And they probably nominated Biden because it was, after all, the black vote that put Biden in. They probably nominated Biden because they knew he was too frail and too weak to stand up to them. And by putting a placeholder in there, they could take over the Democratic Party. In the exact same way that in Russia, the Bolsheviks, the communists, put a guy named Kerensky in as their leader, uh, as the leader of, the, of Russia after the Tsar was ousted and killed because he was too weak to be able to keep power. And they knew that Lenin and the communists would ultimately take over. He was the placeholder. And I think that's basically what what Biden is right now, the placeholder. And he's the placeholder for the extreme left. And they're going to use Biden's weakness against him, his unpopularity against him, the force of Donald Trump coming against him down the road, and they're all going to gang up on him. And AOC will be a serious candidate for president. And her credential will be, I beat Chuck Schumer. I beat the Democratic Party majority leader. And I beat him in the bluest of states, New York, and I can beat him all over the country. And that's going to send a message to all Democrats. They're going to pull in their horns. She's going to get a lot of support. Opportunists will cling to her and give her money. And uh, this woman is coming. I personally believe there is a very significant chance that the 2024 election will be Donald Trump against AOC. So give me a call at 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222, and let me know what you think. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Biden is trying to sell the line 
that he had no alternative but to leave Afghanistan because the alternative was to stay in there for another 20 years, lose another couple of trillion dollars. And that was crazy, and he wasn't going to do that. That line is total and complete nonsense. What we should have done in Afghanistan was to leave four or five or 6,000 soldiers there in the cities, occupying the main cities, with heavy air support and heavy equipment, and uh, basically occupy areas of all of the major cities in Afghanistan. You didn't have to occupy the whole city, but there ought to be basically like a zone, like a base. Would the Taliban put up with that? They'd have no choice. You think Castro liked Guantanamo? Uh, No, he hated it. Uh, You think the North Koreans love that we have an army in South Korea? No, they hate it. They want to get rid of them, but they can't. We're too powerful. So we sit there in South Korea and in Guantanamo, and we monitor the situation, and we work on containing Cuba and containing North Korea. If they ever attack, we'll be there because we have our people on the ground already to attack back. And what they should do while they're there, number one, they can exercise a very important influence on human rights. They can really protect a lot of women. First of all, a great many will come into the green zone of the American base and will protect them there. And we can expand it as we have to. We sort of could become an alternate Afghanistan. Uh, and the Taliban can't force us out. They don't have the ability to do that, nor will they. And uh, most importantly, from there, we can stop terrorism from being exported by Afghanistan. Uh, we can uh, intercept their missions. We can monitor their technology. We can see what weapons are coming in. We can use our Navy to interdict the weapons before they get there. Um, we can do all kinds, and we can hunt the mountains and hunt down their terrorists. Uh, we could do things like kill Osama bin Laden uh, with a base in Afghanistan. It doesn't take 100,000 troops. It doesn't take 20 years. It doesn't take, well, it may take 20 years, but it doesn't take uh, trillions of dollars. We we have a 100-year commitment to being in Guantanamo. We have been in South Korea with a full with an army of several 10,000 people. I, th- I don't know what it is. I think it's fifteen or 20,000 troops. And we've been there since uh, the summer of 1952. So we've been there for 60, uh, 60 years, 70 years, and uh, we'll continue to stay there. And that's what we should have done in Afghanistan. Instead, we have a president whose mind is so addled and so stuck back in the Vietnam era that he just sees the alternatives as run or quagmire. Now, in Vietnam, we had no choice. We, we had to leave. First of all, Congress voted a cutoff of funding. Uh, so that the partisan politics in the U.S. was forcing us to leave. Secondly, uh, we could not have maintained a base in Saigon because the uh, Viet Cong would have ousted us in the North Vietnamese. They had a conventional military capability. They were a real army, and they could have ousted us, and uh, we would not have been able to defend that. The Taliban is a bunch of tribes with some heavy with some machine guns, And uh, there's no way that they would be able to throw the United States out of Kabul if we wanted to stay and if we set up a base to stay. 
But Biden just took this metaphor, he took this thing in history, and he decided to act on it and to act disastrously. Even Tony Blair, the former head, former Prime Minister of Britain, who is a Labour Party member, that's the left-wing party in Britain, he's like a Democrat only in Britain, he said that withdrawing from Afghanistan the way we did was an imbecilic move. Imbecilic said that yesterday, and it truly is, and it's not the result of a policy mistake, it's not the result of a bad briefing, it's not the result of his getting bad advice, it's the result of his being senile and not being able to assimilate new information, to look at other options, to look outside the box, if you will, and assess what our alternatives really are. Could we maintain a control of Afghanistan with four or 5,000 troops as opposed to 100,000? Duh. What do you think we've been doing, the whole Trump administration? He pulled our major forces out of Afghanistan. We've had like 5,000 people there for a couple of years now, two or three years. And we've kept control of the country. We've stopped them from exporting terror. What did you need to take those 4,000 guys out of there and women out of there? Uh, because... Because even when they were doing the job. And in 18 months, a year and a half, a year and a half, no allied soldier, no American, no allied soldier has been killed in Afghanistan. That's how airtight and effective our 5,000-man force has been. And uh, we should have kept it there, and we should now return it to there. And uh, it is only Biden's limited understanding of history and of the options that let that happen. And let's face it, the big reason why he pulled out of Afghanistan was that he wanted to make a great big announcement on September 11th, that's coming up in a few weeks, that we are now out of Afghanistan. Look at this wonderful achievement of my administration. And he felt he couldn't say we're out of Afghanistan except for 5,000 troops. He couldn't say we pulled our presence down to a token force. None of that would be the drama of saying we are out of there. And he wanted to do that on 9-11. And because of that political imperative, not because of any bad advice from the military, he condemned possibly 15,000 Americans to death and certainly tens of thousands of American allies, people who are our interpreters, our guides, and our assistants during the war, to death. Run away is not a foreign policy. And sure as hell isn't a military policy. And America is in disgrace because we've done that. It is just outrageous. Uh, let's take Roger from New York City. How are you? Hey, Roger. Hi there. Uh, Mr. Morris, regarding Afghanistan, now, you, you got 35,000 troops in, uh, for example, Germany, redundantly. Yep. Then you've got uh, 30,000 in Korea. You've got 10,000 in the United Kingdom, all redundant. Yep. Now, we should have kept about 5,000 there, uh, and then uh, they weren't getting killed or anything, as you yep. also mentioned, one and a half years, you know, no uh, yep. victims, uh, etc. And 
uh, we would have uh, helped Afghanistan. We would have uh, minimized uh, terrorism around the world, yep. especially within the United States, etc. Yep. Uh, it was a real disaster. However, there's one thing that if I were advising President Biden to do, would be, oh, this was just a trial run, you know? I wanted to yeah, prove... He can't, to he, can't, to, he can't get away I know, with that. I know, I'm just saying... But thank you, Roger. I appreciate the call. Uh, you're right. Uh, by the way, the reason we have those troops in Western Europe, they're, they're hostages. Uh, they're there so that Russia understands that if they attacked Western Europe, it would trigger a nuclear response from the United States because they'd have to kill American soldiers. And they know that that would be the tripwire that would cause a massive retaliation of a nuclear strike. And because we don't want to put more soldiers there than Russia has in Russia or in Eastern Europe, uh, we, we keep our troops there kind of as hostages. Let's go to John in Westchester. Hey, John. Hey, Dick. Hey, a couple things. With AOC, number one, okay, I think she's a lightweight. And what's going to take down AOC, like a lot of politicians, okay, is some sort of scandal. Remember, she's a princess from Westchester County, one of the richest counties in New York State. And right now in Westchester, okay, when it gets out, we'll find out that they're bringing thousands of illegals at the Westchester County Airport yeah, to I shuffle know. around all over. I live, I live right the other near thing there. Is, okay, once the tragedies of this administration and the weight of all the reforms and wokeness of these progressives hits the American public, okay, they are going to react yeah. in an election they, similar to what Reagan did they, to Carter. They are, John. You're right. But um, it'll, it won't happen in the Democratic primary and AOC might be able to defeat Biden. But your point about AOC being vulnerable to scandal, no, she's not. The media will cover for her. There's huge stories about people who made hundreds of thousands of dollars being consultants and advisors to AOC and sharing in the profits of her direct mail fundraising. There's enough there to oust her from Congress, but they're not going to touch her because the media will not go after AOC because too many of their readers and too many too many of their advertisers are involved with her. Uh, so she's bulletproof right now, and uh, she's not going to have a scandal. You can have a sex scandal. Uh, she's not going to have a traditional congressional scandal. Uh, she's bulletproof. Um, let's go to Judith in Brooklyn. Hey, Judith. Hi, Mr. Morris. Um, I want to ask you a question, but before that, I do want to say this is Obama and Biden's Benghazi in spades all over again. Yep. All right? Absolutely. It's terrible. But also, let me ask you a question. Could you explain to me the Chinese connection that the Chinese now have the right to mine uh, lithium and other things, bring it back to their country, Good make the batteries, Good then you, uh, bring it to America. And I think did Biden sell us out for this because yep. money is more important than American lives? Well, good for you, Judith. Really good point. Lithium is uh, a rare earth mineral, one of 17. And we require rare earth minerals to operate any computer, any cell phone, any missile guidance system, anything electronic. And uh, we had a monopoly of rare earth minerals until the 1990s when we gave it away. I'll explain when I come back from the break how we gave it away. But Afghanistan has a lot of them. 
China at the moment manufactures 80% of the rare earth minerals. We used to have 100%. And when I come back, I'll explain a little bit about how that relates to Afghanistan. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. To the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. And I wonder what it is I should do. About uh, lithium and rare earth minerals, and is that the Chinese motivation for wanting to control Afghanistan. Yes, it is. It's a big part of it. The U.S. had a monopoly on rare earth minerals that are essential for computer guidance systems, guidance systems for uh, smart bombs, for uh, the response, the, the, how we do our GPS. And the, uh, and, and the U.S. had a monopoly on it. Then the International Atomic Energy Agency, the same jokers, that are trying to limit Iran and doing such an ineffective job, announced that because the rare earth minerals were found where we find uranium, they should be regulated by their body, the International Atomic Energy Agency, the IAEA. It made no sense at all because the rare earth minerals are not radioactive. They can't be used in a bomb. Uh, they've got nothing to do with that. They're just found at the same time. And this, the bureaucrats at the IAEA wanted more power and more funding. So they said, expand our mandate to include rare earth minerals. The UN did. And they imposed all kinds of regs on a rare earth mineral industry that made it too expensive to mine them and to refine them. So one after another, every one of those mines closed and went out of business. The Chinese, meanwhile, opened their factories because they're not members of the IAEA and not bound by its decisions. And that's how they stole the entire electronics industry from the United States. Donald Trump recognized that, and he put an order out saying that the Defense Department would have to buy rare earth minerals from American mines. And as a result, 44, it was a 44% increase in our production after it being almost exterminated in previous years. But they still were still dependent on China for it. Now, um, there was an amazing, amazing decision by uh, a U.S. District Court judge named Tipton, T-I-P-T-O-N, in Texas. But it's, it's applied nationally. In fact, he took the unusual step of making the decision in his district and saying this will apply nationally unless it's reversed on appeal. And the decision throws out, throws out the entire Biden immigration policy. Biden said, you catch him and release him at the border. That's now thrown out. Biden said if they're criminals who committed felonies in the United States and are here illegally, throw them out. That's now thrown out. All of the provisions of his immigration package, basically, this travesty, have been thrown out by the court because they've said that it contravenes the will of Congress. The Congress voted that catch and release would end and, de 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 and deportations would continue and then an administrative regulation superseded that, and they're not allowed to do that. This is enormous. The only reason nobody's covering it is that they're all focused on Afghanistan, but they should be Pearl Harbor-like headlines. I 
Biden's immigration program just got sold to the junk man. And we he's, we're never going to see and hear from it again. This decision may well be reversed by the circuit court, which is somewhat liberal, but it'll never survive the Supreme Court. I believe that he, that this judge may have saved America because they're not going to be able to, uh, go ahead and do that. Now there's one way that we could be still screwed by this. There's some chance that Schumer and Pelosi will now include this in the reconciliation package and uh, pass it, and then, because this is not a constitutional finding by Judge Timpton, but it violates a statutory provision, it could put the laws back into effect. But to do that, every Democrat in Congress would have to vote in favor of Biden's immigration policy, which is the least popular thing on earth. It would be really suicide. And uh, if they're going to endorse that, uh, they're going to be in serious, serious trouble. And I'm not sure that they're going to be willing to go that far. And the Republicans will put in amendments to end catch and release, to force deportations of murderers. Let me give you an example of what's in the Biden immigration package. If you are here illegally and you commit murder, murder, unless the murder was Within the last 10 years, you can't be deported. (laughs) Get that? You can kill anyone you want as long as it's 10 years ago or more. Now, there's no statute of limitations in any state on murder. If they, if you commit murder, you're culpable for the rest of your life if they catch you. But you can't, but now you can't be deported. (laughs) It's incredible what they've done. So, this this ruling uh, just goes a tremend- to a tremendous extent to stop the border crisis that we're now facing. Uh, let's go to Peggy in Brooklyn. Hey, Peggy. Hello, Mr. Morris. Can I just share with you that I consider you the uh, you um, Greg Kelly and uh, Lydia the brain trust of uh, ABC. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Everybody else is optional as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the military in the United States is voluntary. Voluntary. The people there are the best and the bravest. Yep. The land of the free, the home of the brave. So my suggestion is, can we possibly consider what they do in Israel and get these kids off the street and into a situation where they can learn some discipline and understand what it means well, to be an American. I don't, I don't think it's right to bring back the draft. Uh, I think that uh, I think that would be a mistake. And let's just understand something about the draft. We didn't draft people into the army or during the Vietnam War because we needed the manpower to win and to fight. That was the excuse. That was the line they told the American people. The truth was that Lyndon Johnson didn't want to raise taxes, and he couldn't pay for a volunteer army. He couldn't pay them enough to attract the recruits into the volunteer army, so he needed to resort to the draft. Nobody's ever said that, but it's a very important thing. And when we raised military pay to reasonable levels, it's still too low, we had enlistments around the block. I'm not suggesting that they enlisted because of the money, but they enlisted because of patriotism, but the money didn't hurt. And, uh, we're, we, but, and that's why we had the draft, uh, but we don't need it anymore. Let's go to Max in Manhattan. How are you, Max? 
Yes, thank you, Mr. Morris, for taking my call. Uh, you mentioned AOC and Trump um, challenging each other at one point for the presidency. I'm going to add another challenge within that those two, and I think it would be Dominion, the Dominion voting booths. These are the this is these are the votes or the booths that took away the votes from Trump. Yeah. Second well, thing, uh, you were talking about Letitia James. Let me just uh, interrupt you first. On, on left. I'll let Let's you I'll let you ask about Letitia in a minute, but about Dominion, I just want to say this, uh, just as a fact, so that everybody knows it. There are two companies here, Smartmatic and Dominion, okay? They're separate. Smartmatic was founded by the Venezuelans who supported Chavez in Venezuela, and its purpose was to fix the voting machines so the totals can be jimmied to reelect Chavez in Venezuela. I know this because one of my clients is the leader of the anti-Chavez movement in Venezuela, Leopoldo Lopez. So... That was Smartmatic. Then Smartmatic acquired a company called Sequoia in the U.S. and then sold Sequoia and then Dominion bought Sequoia. So the question is, did the Smartmatic software make its way from Smartmatic to Sequoia to Dominion, if you follow it? And if they did, did Dominion use this to fix the election? And that's a very complicated thing, and you can't just go out there and say Dominion did it because it's it, it, you're giving it a rap. Smartmatic did no elections this time. It was in L.A. That was the only place. Now, it is true that the ballot stuffing and the phony ballots and the ballot harvesting played a key role in this election, but there is no proof that Dominion played that key role. Go ahead. What was your second question? Okay. Letitia James. You were talking about her connections with the radical left. Let's yep. not forget that she is funded by George Soros. Yeah, absolutely. So what else can we expect? Absolutely. You're, you're completely right. And uh, it is a coup against the Democratic Party. They're trying to take over the Democratic Party. Let's go to Alex in Brooklyn. Hey, Alex. Hi, it's so great to talk to you, Dick. And I wanted to just say that it's ridiculous that Joe Biden claimed that he was taking the troops out of Afghanistan because we shouldn't be sacrificing American lives for the sake of the Afghanistan, of the Afghanian people's freedoms. But what did we, which is true to some extent, but what did we in fact do is due to Joe Biden's competence, who may have just sacrificed thousands of American lives, but not for the Afghani people's freedoms, but for the Taliban, a terrorist organization. Absolutely. And that's ridiculous. Absolutely. And if I can share with you how I think we can get our American citizens and Afghani allies out of Afghanistan, nobody seems to say it. I don't think we have to pay money to get our people out or send our soldiers in there and put them in harm's way. We need to do what's called peace through strength. It's the Trump Trump strategy. We need to drop a couple of bombs on the Taliban in Afghanistan where they yeah. reside and yeah. tell them that if they could not cooperate with the United Absolutely. States of America, there will be more from where that came from. Absolutely. And they need to send our citizens out of you there are, or are, there will be more from where that came from. You are brilliant and correct. That is a hell of an idea, and it had not occurred to me. You're absolutely right. We should do bombing, and we should say, unless you send our people home, we're going to continue to bomb you. Boy, that's great. Call in any time. That is a fabulous, fabulous point. Um, Now, uh, and when you say Biden was trying to save American lives, let's remember, no Americans died in the last 18 months in Afghanistan. The military had basically solved the problem 
and worked with the Afghan army that Biden's dumping on to fight and with American troops there and American planes overhead and American artillery sitting in reserve, the Afghan army fought, fought like hell, and fought very successfully and held the Taliban at bay. That's how effective it was. But when we pulled out, especially when they're not ready for it, they just folded absolutely. Uh, let's go to Ellie in, Bur- in Rockland County. Hey, Ellie. How are you doing? Thanks for taking my call. So, You're as your uh, screener asked me, okay, uh, it's it's a question and it's a comment, a question, also, but fast, uh, yeah, about about AOC. Okay, so I heard your opening, uh, which is uh, kind of intrigued me to say the least. Okay, um, if you can kind of explain more into it, it'll be nice. Uh, secondary, I just want to ask you. I mean, you have a long history. As a strategist, okay, I would say a democratic strategist at one point. Right. The Bill, Bill Clinton here, and it's good for you for that, okay. Uh, I'm just, as, as, as New York State itself, I don't want to talk about the rest of the country here, okay. If you can explain uh, how did the Democratic Party got to be so strong. Okay. I don't mean to cut you off, Ellie, but I do have to go. Let me be sure to answer your question first, though. The reason New York State became a democratic state because of immigration, and not just immigration, but migration. It wasn't just people coming from foreign countries coming to New York. It was people from the rest of America coming to New York. And uh, we essentially became the uh, the new home as an alternative to California. And uh, every Midwestern, you know, farm guy and farm girl wanted to come to the big city. And the result is that of the cities in America, New York City is the only one that has increased its population over the last 20 years. Chicago's lost about 350,000 people. Uh, Philadelphia has been static. Uh, most cities have lost population. New York City has gained over a million people more like a million and a half. And uh, that, they were all coming from the rest of the country, moving to New York, and they're basically the same kind of folks you see in California. Left-wing, radical, um, you know, uh, changing, change everything. Uh, and that's been a huge factor. Uh, and New York is now a solidly blue state, and it didn't used to be. And AOC will take advantage of that and challenge Schumer in a primary in my judgment, defeat Schumer because he has no base left. He can't get the Hispanics against AOC. He can't get the blacks against AOC. And the Orthodox Jews who would vote for him are all in the Republican primary now. And the liberal Jews who are in the Democratic primary are basically are basically not very committed to Israel. And uh, he has no base left. So that's what, why I think she has a good chance of winning. This is the Dick Morris Show on 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. I hope you watched the uh, Trump rally last night. In Alabama, it was inspiring to see Trump up there doing it. And, uh, and really, 
the contrast between the person of Donald Trump and that pathetic excuse for a president we have was unbelievable. And uh, you saw his energy, his stamina, his wit, his his strength, and contrast with that bumbling fool we have as president. It's absolutely a startling contrast. But, you know, this was the... Uh, by, by the way, it was only available on Newsmax TV. Fox wouldn't cover it. Fox has refused to cover any of the Trump rallies. This is the fourth rally since he left the presidency, and Fox News is showing its true colors as a liberal stooge by refusing to cover that. It's a financial decision. They make money on Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, and they don't want to give up the advertising revenue in return for putting Trump on. And ideologically, the kids, the Murdoch kids who run uh, Fox, uh, don't want to give Trump the time of day. So uh, they're willing to sacrifice millions of viewers who go to Newsmax to find it and don't find it on Fox. So uh, go to Newsmax and, and watch that stuff. By the way, in 12 minutes, I'll be on Newsmax. I have a weekly show at 1 o'clock on Sunday, Eastern. So in 12 minutes, I'll be on Newsmax. Um, okay, now, the interesting thing to me about that rally last night is that it was not a pro-Trump rally. It was an anti-Biden rally. Uh, and Trump has so overshadowed Biden uh, that... Until now, all anyone could talk about was Donald Trump, and Biden was kind of the alternative. Now we're really seeing Biden for the first time. We're seeing what a cretin he is, and we're seeing how unable he is to really work his way out of a paper bag. And we have got to replace him with Trump, and it becomes clear to everyone when they see the two men juxtaposed like at these rallies. And uh, I believe that this, that the concept of this rally was essentially not elect Trump, even though they love to, and they love Trump, and we will elect Trump, but with, to get rid of Biden. You used to laugh about everybody that was hanging out. Now you don't talk so loud. Now you don't. Seem so proud about having to be scrounging your next meal. How does it feel? Well, I hope that Biden is like a rolling stone and gets rolled out of there. But um, so we have we have to get rid of this guy, and uh, Donald Trump is the way to do it. Um, it is clear – by the way, if you watch my show at 1 o'clock in five minutes on Newsmax, uh, I talk there about why Donald Trump will defeat Joe Biden in the presidential election. And I highlight the fact I brought up in last week's radio show that this is the first time in history that Trump has led Biden in any national poll, even given how liberal those polls are. He's defeating him if the election were held today by six points. Uh, very important stuff. So this was really a rally where we put Biden on the spot and talked about how horrible Joe Biden is. Let's go to Jay on Long Island. Hey, Jay. Hi, Jay. Oh, hi. Um, yeah, I want to comment on your um, – you were talking about 
AOC and yep. eventually her run for the president, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and you outline some of the forces, you seem to focus on communism and things like that. But I think you, I just wanted to say that I think that you left out one other force, driving force behind AOC, and that is anti-Israel, pro-BDS, yep. and I believe anti-Semitic. Yeah, And absolutely. I would like to hear your uh, comments on that, if you yeah. don't mind. Absolutely, uh, completely. The the ad, the adoption by the progressive left in the U.S. of an anti-Israel line is just incredible. Let me spend a moment discussing why. When Israel was founded, it was founded by socialists. Golda Meir, whom my mother wrote a biography of, uh, called, called Shalom Golda by Terry Morris, and. Uh, she uh, was a socialist. She was the founder of the kibbutzim movement in Israel. And uh, in Europe, you were either a czarist or a communist. And, uh, and the, the communist socialists fled to Israel after the war and formed the basis of the uh, Likud party in, uh, in Israel. I'm sorry, the Labor Party in Israel. Pardon me. And uh, they were led by Golda Meir and then by Shimon Peres uh, and by Barak and various other leaders. And uh, they are based on Ashkenazi Jews who came from Eastern Europe. The other tribe are Sephardic Jews who come from the Middle East and North Africa. And more and more the Sephardics migrated into Israel and basically took it over politically. And Netanyahu and uh, Moshe Dayan were all from the Sephardic community and brought a right-wing perspective to Israel, got rid of the socialists. Israel's economy was a mess five, ten years ago, and Netanyahu came in and changed it completely, got rid of the socialists and made it a capitalist economy. And he did it in one month. He said, if I do this, there's going to be strikes up and down Israel. We're going to be in gridlock. All hell is going to break loose. Uh, and I'm going to do this all in one month. I'm not going to do it gradually. I'm going to do it right away. And he did, and he survived the strikes, and he survived the political chaos, and he made Israel a market economy. And since then, it's been roaring economically, highest growth rates among developed countries in the world. And uh, But the socialists hate him for it. And that hatred boiled over into the United States and uh, led to this anti-Israel feeling. Uh, they claim that they're anti-imperialists, but the fact of the matter is that it's a thinly developed anti-Semitism. Nobody says, I hate Jews anymore. That went out of vogue with Hitler. They say, I hate Zionism, or I hate Israel, or I hate uh, the I hate what Israel does to the Arab, to the Palestinian refugees, but it's all anti-Semitism. It's all anti-Semitism. Don't be conned for a minute by that. Uh, let's go to uh, Paul on in Manhattan. Hey, Paul. Hi, Paul. Okay, let's go to John in Bergen County. Mr. Morris, always a privilege to speak to you. Thank I just you. want to put somewhat of a more optimistic spin on the current events. Um, they could use it. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so let's talk about the positives. We have two governor races coming up where they're both being recalled and they could both have a realistically chance of losing. We have some special elections coming up where the House could get an even smaller majority. Right. In 2022, really good chance, thanks to the Supreme Court oh, yeah. ruling. We're no, I mean... 
Mike, you, uh, I'm sorry, John, you look to the future. We are going to take the House and the Senate back in 22, and Trump is going to run in 24 and is going to defeat Joe Biden or whoever the Democrats and in the interim, put up. In the interim, we've taken over the courts. We've taken back our school boards, so we won't be graduating 1.7 million ideologues a year. Well, we haven't taken them back. We're in the process of trying to begin to. The school board elections are right, all controlled for, by the teachers' union, which for, is no friend for of For 30 ours. years, we've been under attack from the left. Yeah. First the Clinton but, left, and now with the no, Marxist-Obama left. But, John, you said, you said about the school boards. It's crucial that we do take them back, but we have not done that yet by a long shot. And the other problem is on the judiciary, Biden will stay as president, or Harris, and they'll appoint any judges they want, and there's a no filibuster rule in the Senate over judicial nominations. Now, I hope that when we retake the Senate, we revisit that rule and repeal it so they don't undo all the good work we did. But there's always a chance that they will. Thanks very much for your call, John. I appreciate it. Those were good insights. Well, great group of calls. So I began the show by saying that I think AOC is going to challenge Chuck Schumer in the Senate election of 22. And I think the ouster of Cuomo is to lay the groundwork for that. I said that the thing in Afghanistan we could have done is that what we did in Korea, leave troops there to protect what we won and then pull the rest out. Uh, I talked about how I, the courts have now ruled that Biden's whole immigration program is illegal and how the anti pro Trump movement morphed last night into the anti Biden movement. Have a great weekend. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.